0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Journalist Talk. And today I have photo editor for the Sun Dial, Monday Memo Writer, and social media for the journalism department of CSUN. And she's Kate lavo welcome, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thanks for having me. So today we are talking a little about your sexual orientation within uh, the media because I feel like people have a very... strict uh, vision for journalists, uh, mainly for women in the the area. I was wondering, how is the acceptance in the workplace?
1: Well, because I work at like a college organization, I haven't run into any um, issues as far as like homophobia within like my own like organization that I work for. So I've been super lucky with that. But there are a lot of places that I'm sure I wouldn't even be able to get hired at in America if I if they knew the kind of content that I wrote because I do want to advocate for the LGBTQIA community. Um, that's my goal as a journalist is that's what I want to write about. That's what I want to really focus a lot of my stories on. But especially in the climate that we are in currently, I don't imagine that that would be an option in many places, to be honest. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's...
0: It's very uh, challenging to even be part of the LGBTQ plus community like nowadays and having a very on the spotlight um, career like journalism is very hard. Can you tell us a little bit more of your experiences so far in the newsroom? Uh, I know it's like acceptable right now. Uh, You have like a lot of your friends working with you, but... Sometimes if you have to cover news or something, uh, has this ever made you feel, like, uncomfortable?
1: Not personally, but there have been times where I'm covering stories in the community where pronouns get brought up. Um, My pronouns are she, her, but I talk about and cover stories that usually involve people who have they, them pronouns. When you're writing a story and... Someone's pronouns are he, him, she, her, you just write it out. That's it. No one questions it. You don't have to like say my pronouns are this and that. Whereas when someone's pronouns are they, them, for whatever reason, because of the AP style book, we, I'm being told that you have to like clarify that their pronouns are they, them. And for whatever reason, that's the main thing that doesn't sit right with me. And being in California, being in America, being in this kind of area, it hasn't been something that like. I get any lashback personally, but it's just little things like that that kind of get under my skin personally, where I'm just like, if we're going to normalize pronouns and make it something that people can just accept, people can who are non-binary can just be open to talking to journalists, we have to be able to just include them in the conversation without having to put a spotlight on something that I thought was already normalized, but we're still so far away from that being part of our vocabulary as a journalist, I feel like.
0: That's very interesting because we are so used to do like, and she said, he said, and we never stopped to think like, oh, we should put the, they said. Right. For and, some people. yeah. Well,
1: that's the thing too. It's like if you're talking about a suspect, it is grammatically correct. Like if you're reporting on a story and you say something along the lines of, they said this, they did that. It's normal. It's in our conversation. It's in our vocabulary. So I just never quite understood why it was quote-unquote incorrect to just use it, why we have to point it out, where it's just just put it in, just make it simple, make it easy on everyone. If that's their pronouns, that's their pronouns. We don't need to, if it's not a crucial part of the story, we shouldn't have to spend time talking about that when there's other parts of the story. And I think it can honestly distract from that person's story if we state in the beginning oh their pronouns are this because automatically you're going to lose a certain audience member for example say someone's a transgender woman transgender man either way um but let's say their pronouns are they them they might have this incredible story but there's going to be a whole audience that if you were to just talk about that instead of just talking about the person like you would anyone else then you're going to lose that audience member. You're going to lose the people who need to hear these stories. We need to bring that humanity to stories in the community like this, you know? So if you spend time focusing on little details like that, you're going to lose a whole audience that would really benefit from hearing these stories.
0: With your experience in social media, have you... When you ever post this content, do
1: you feel like there is less engagement? No, actually, when I was more myself, I feel like I got better feedback. Um, the only time I ever got negative feedback was before I even was in journalism. I was in a position I used to work at, like, Santa Anita Racetrack, and there was one of my employees, someone that was, like, underneath me, saw my Twitter of me and my girlfriend at the beach having, like, a date and everything, and it was, like, one of those stereotypical couple kissing in the sunset photos, you know, and um, but he saw that and then he sent me this email just saying i can't believe of uh, industry like some uh, i can't believe that an industry as prestigious as this would put someone like you in a position of power i refuse to work for someone like you blah 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 and like my boss was cool about it i showed it to him and he was like are you okay like and everything was handled right but that was like the only time that social media was like really big lash back and i mean there's times where especially like the only thing I get really on my own personal pages are guys coming in like, Oh, can I join? Like, can I be a part of it? Or they're like, Oh, two hot ladies. I'm like that, that gets annoying. But aside from like, if anything, I get more engagement, but it's still not necessarily (laughs) the engagement I want, you know? Yeah.
0: And I feel like it's kind of a taboo. Uh, Like, LGBTQ journalist? because I, I still feel that nowadays journalism is seen as something very traditional. I know that we are like in the digital media, social media, we are reinventing journalism. But at the same time, I feel like most people view this as a traditional medium, you know, and maybe that's why sometimes people are like, oh my gosh, that's shocking. I well we're told we're oh, sorry go ahead no, we're
1: please. told that like we're not supposed to be biased like we're told but so many people consider lgbtqia centered stories to be biased because it is placed in this category of its own where there's such a lack of education surrounding the community like even people within the community like myself don't even know about my own community because there's not A lot of education around it. So I think it is important that we have it in journalism and tell these stories so that it is brought up in a non-biased way. Because it isn't biased, but people are going to consider it biased because they automatically place LGBTQIA on that side. It's never part of the group but it's in fact it is you I guarantee everyone knows someone gay everyone knows somebody whether they're out to you or not you know someone who is a part of the community in one way or another whether asexual bisexual uh pan-romantic you know all these things there's so many labels and I'm rambling now but
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's good rambling it's good because like our audience can learn a little bit about it most people, like my mom, she gets confused, you know, that there's, like, more than three labels, maybe, you know. I get confused. She's like, oh, my God, what is a pen person? And I'm like, <laughs> how can I describe that for someone who was created in a very, it's just, like, male and female. There's, like, straight people and, like, not that being gay or, like, homosexual would be, like, wrong, but it's, like,
1: different in, like, maybe our parents' age. Right. I mean, they only knew one or the other. It wasn't – it keeps going deeper. And, like, I think as humanity, we're starting to adapt and we are being more self-reflective than we used to be. And so because we value mental health more than a lot of the generations that came before us, like our parents, like, we look for – humans look for labels all the time. Like we thrive on labels and being able, because that's how we quote unquote understand each other or understand what's happening is if there's a word to it, now there's a definition and we're constantly asking ourselves, who are we? What are we? I don't understand the purpose of this existence. If you give something a label, then suddenly it makes this existence make sense to you, to other people. Um, Personally, I hate the labels, but people need them to be able to understand each other sometimes. And the reason that there's, I feel like there's so many different like branches that go off in the LGBTQI community, why it keeps expanding. It started as just the LGBT, LGBT, it keeps going. I'm losing track, honestly. But, you know, it's cool to be a part of a community that has so many different parts because it's a huge community and it's bigger than we we thought. It was just you feel so isolated for most of your life. And so when you do finally find that community, suddenly it doesn't feel so small anymore. You feel like you belong somewhere.
0: And you said that you don't like labels, um, but you have one in today's point of view. Sure. Uh, if there wasn't this
1: label, how would you describe yourself? Oh, <laughs> well, by the standards of today and what the actual labels are because that's the thing in order to like verbalize it I have to say what the label would be but technically speaking I say I'm gay however I'm bisexual but homo romantic I refuse to ever date a man I don't ever have the desire to date a man <laughs> ever again but I'm not unattracted to men like I can still see a man and be like nice like you know <laughs> like it's not like that's off the table, but I just have no need or desire to get married to one. So I just say I'm gay to make everything easier on everyone and myself and not lead anyone on, essentially. I don't know if that answers the question. Like, I I don't know how, if I didn't have a label, I would be someone who loves the power behind femininity. I fall in love with those who are so sure of themselves and who because there is this power behind femininity that our society has always pushed down because I feel like it knows how powerful the feminine is and that's why for so many centuries women don't women or anyone who is feminine presenting is pushed down and like told that they're not powerful because if we knew how powerful we were they couldn't handle it you know so (laughs) it's I don't know if that makes sense the universe would be ours it already is, and they don't know it, <laughs> like we just think, gotta keep it up it's we do, and they just don't we just it's a whole facade, you know, let them mm-hmm. keep thinking that they're in charge, <laughs> you know just the masculine energy, not saying like men, but just masculine energy in general, like
0: okay, I must say that I really love your description thanks. it's it's very interesting because I don't know all this feminine inside that you said, the power of women, it's very. I don't know. It's very interesting to think about it. And at the same time, you're not attracted. You're at you are attracted, but you
1: don't want the powerful man. That's <laughs> oh, but see, there is a power behind a feminine man though. Like the ones who have that balance within themselves, like the men that I'm attracted to, are the ones that are not afraid to be themselves. Like they are not afraid to own either side of themselves where they have emotionally they're uh, they're open to being emotional. They're open to letting their guard down and not letting those walls hold them back because I, I don't think it's necessary. They call it like toxic masculinity, but I think I just feel bad more so than anything else because it's not calling it toxic masculinity is actually going to make that label worse for them because that's, I think, the danger in labels. It's You're labeling it toxic masculinity when in fact it's just there's a lot of hurt people out there that need extra support and that's why they're behaving a certain way. So I don't like that and I'm not attracted to that. But mm-hmm. I'm attac- I'm attracted to genuine people who are who know themselves essentially. So mm-hmm. I love bisexual men. Bisexual men are the best. Like, <laughs> like truly. They are literally like I could go down a rap hole. I won't go down. Okay. There. Bisexual guys. You guys are amazing. You then. are <laughs> I love that for you. Like
0: <laughs> well and in the media, uh, like I said, we don't we don't see much of that, um, or even journalists saying um, their sexual orientation and etc. But do you know any or have any idols or inspirations within the
1: media? You know, it's true that it's not something that people really talk about much because they kind of keep it separate from their own careers. I mean. I don't know if it counts as journalism but like I love Kate McKinnon's social commentary. I think she does it in a way that is both humorous and she's a comedian obviously. So it's not necessarily journalism, but she does do her impressions of political people and it I think that's been the main way that most media is able to consume those kind of conversations is with humor, so I, I do appreciate what she's done. Especially, she just had a whole, a whole bit on SNL about the don't say gay, and the way that she framed it was incredibly powerful. It was hilarious, but also, it it did pack a punch. It did get the message across, and I'm hoping that with humor, that's something that can help make that social change because. Sometimes people just aren't ready for the conversations, especially mm-hmm. in an actual news platform. Like they won't yeah. listen if it's not funny. Have you ever felt like you
0: needed to think of getting another career um, instead of journalism? Have you ever like over overthought all of these things?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's frustrating. Like I said, there's times where I'll be covering things in the community, and I'm told that, this isn't important to report on it's because it was overly emotional because it was, it's not, even though it's the truth, it's not quote unquote journalism, or this isn't like how journalism goes. And frankly, I think there needs to be more emotions in journalism because that's what makes us human. And we, there's not enough humanity within journalism a lot of the time. And so when you're covering stories, especially like in the LGBTQIA community, it's always so factual. It's just, hey, this guy was like he experienced this homophobia, or he was fired for this. Fact, fact, fact. But you don't hear the the impact that it has, and how this affected that person's like emotional well being, and how it affected it trickled down to the rest of their life. And I want to see more of that in journalism. And I hope that I'll get to do that. But I know I'll never get to do that working for someone I'm gonna have to do that freelance and that's what I plan to do I plan to be a freelance writer and I hope that people buy the stories but there's a high chance that that's not gonna happen so I'm always constantly coming up with backup plans so I can afford rent you know
0: (laughs) yeah and do you have any projects right now uh, like uh, photo projects for anything related to the community
1: I do plan after I graduate, um, depending on who hires me for like internships, if I am lucky enough to be able to be remote or be in on the East Coast, I would like to go try to cover the don't say gay stories. I don't know how that's going to look yet. I figured while I'm there, I'm going to meet people. I'll get a job just working whatever I need to do to pay rent, but try to like talk and meet people, go to the gay bars that are around there and just meet people. And then the stories will kind of just show themselves. I feel like my journalism style is just literally talking to people. And then I'm like, that's an interesting story. I want to hear more of it. And um, because I'm a photographer, I'm hoping that I can just accumulate a bunch of portraits with their stories and keep it all together. And then by the end of my time there, I'll have like this huge compilation of just portrait, portrait, story, 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 you know. But Currently, my friend Michael and I have a podcast called Today with a Gay, and we uh, talk. We bring people onto the show because we don't know a lot about our own community, so we bring in different people with different perspectives and talk to them. Um, second episode is coming out this week, actually, so I'm very excited about that. It's been really fun doing that, so that that'll be ongoing as well, too. That's the only. sure projects I have so far
0: that's very interesting and I bet that there's gonna be people here that doesn't know what don't say gay is could you explain to them a little bit sure
1: yeah so in Florida um this year uh they passed laws saying that they can't teach or talk about um sexuality in school but the way that they framed it was basically in a way you got to protect the children like this is um like you can't talk about these kind of things to children and I agree. However, you are isolating it in a way that now it's just attacking gays, but as opposed to just protecting their innocence, where it's like, okay, if that's the case, you can't talk about... Because anyone who is... It basically, it's erasing gay from history books. It's erasing... If someone had a wife or a husband and of the same sex, then they don't talk about that. And that's something that can be really damaging to... People because especially like when you're a kid, like you don't like when I grew up, I didn't know about anyone who was historical, who was gay, so I didn't have anyone to identify with. I felt like I even more pushed back in the closet because there wasn't anyone that looked like me. And then on top of that, Um, if a kid comes out as gay, the teacher is mandated to report that to their families. Like, so if, especially in a state like Florida that is conservative, that's putting a lot of kids in danger. Like, they don't know what kind of environment their families are. They could go home and find out they're gay and either get kicked out or, um, heaven forbid, something worse, you know? Um, So it, it is, the way that they framed it should have been, like, protection of innocence, but instead they said, no, gay is what's the problem, not, so if anyone, if a teacher is gay, they can't have, like, they can't talk about being gay to the students, and, you know, so it, I don't know, I feel like the best way they should have gone about it was, frame like, there's a lot of ways, but my whole stance on it is if they're not, if they're going to cut that out of the conversation, they need to cut all of that out of the conversation, gay, straight, everything, but, of course, it's not. That's not how it went, you know. So I don't know if that makes sense at all. I'm not the best at explaining. It, uh, but I'm going
0: to let the listeners <laughs> tell us <yeah. laughs> if
1: it made any sense or not.
0: And I really hope it did because I got an understanding, like a better understanding about it. I reported on it like a few times on air. We have uh, a story that was about that, but it's like I, like I always say uh, in all of my podcasts. It's very interesting to, her, to hear from someone that it's close to it uh it's close to the the subject matter yeah. you know and i know that you've written about uh online dating and uh how hard it is to be gay in your in your case uh and I was wondering, is there like a story that you really wanna cover? Like it's been
1: a while in your head and they wanna do it. I have a lot. <laughs> so many. <laughs> oh, that's a problem. Too many to cover at once. Um my dream would be to be funded so I could go around all the United States to all different states and just take pictures of um queer representation and queer culture like because I bet it looks different in every state like I the difference between like Florida gay culture versus California versus New York versus Kansas I don't know every state is going to look different and I kind of wanted to like go around and document that I think I just, you know, couldn't afford that because gas is expensive. And But if someone wanted to fund me... The only problem is the gas, everyone. Literally. <laughs> I would lo- I would be on the road right now if I didn't have school and responsibilities and money. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> yeah. there's a few things, but school is helping you to get there. I'm hoping. Right? That's what I'm hoping.
1: <laughs> I'm like, please, someone help. I don't know who, but...
0: And so we can wrap up. Can you tell us... Um, and a story that you covered
1: that had a major impact
0: on you, yeah. related to the to sure, the sure, of sure. <laughs> I mean, of course, no. There's a lot of
1: stories, but as far as community goes, um, for our first interview, um, we did, or I've done a couple stories about. Um, I one I did a story on a trans woman and another trans man, two separate stories. But I think the most impactful thing was like hearing their perspectives and realizing like there's a lot of similar plot lines for our lives. That's like the only way I could like put it, but like there's something within like queer culture, whether it's your sexuality, your gender, any part of your orientation, how you identify like that whole period of time where you are stuck, not feeling like yourself, where that trapped feeling and, that's a very common, like that's where the common ground is. And so that's why I love covering these stories because I see myself in every single person that I talk to. And a lot of the times um, I'll hear what they have to say. The way that they describe it, put it into perspective, they give words to feelings that I had that I didn't know what the words to those situations were. And we're all going on this journey, and literally, the whole point that people miss about being gay is just, or any part of the community is what it takes to being able to embrace who you are. And that's something that I think everyone can relate to and everyone struggles with. Everyone is stuck in their own minds all the time. And because we're conditioned to act a certain way, to be a certain way. And if you're not fitting that bubble, then you feel nervous and out of place. And so being able to identify with everyone's differences has been something that, like I said, you feel less alone. You feel you learn from each other, and there's a lot of growth that happens, especially for people who take those leaps and own who they are. And you
0: know. uh, uh, yeah, I was gonna wrap up, but how did you embrace yourself?
1: <laughs> um,
0: I can. And even... how can others actually like? How can you uh, give an advice for other people who? are afraid to
1: come out in the media um, environment? So I came out when I was 16 to just a small group of friends, and I came out to my mom, and my mom was just like, oh, it's just a phase, you just haven't found the right guy yet, and all this stuff, and so, and then I had friends, they were all like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting, we knew it. I'm like, I didn't even know it, how did you know? I It was, it was a whole thing, um, but basically what happened was I was driving in the car it was like 16 driving to school and all of a sudden I don't know I was having an inner monologue and I just started thinking I'm like girls are pretty girls are really pretty oh my god do I like girls I like girls and I just started saying that (laughs) to myself and I kept saying it in my head over and over and every time I said it I just felt like this little like tingly warmth inside. Like it literally was like a physical, like if the sun beam just shined through, like it was my whole body just felt like a relief. Like it almost was just like it released something. And at that point I was like, Oh my God, what do I do? Well, like I I just came to this really big realization that changed the literal course of my entire life. Like it was really wild. I think the best thing, the best advice I can give for people to be able to have that experience it's hard to give advice because everyone has their own journey and they all have it on their own times and you have to be patient with yourself and you don't have to, you can try stuff out. You don't have to like commit to something. Like if you don't know, give it a try, try out different, like try data. If you don't know, like just go on a date with a woman, find out, or go on a date with a man, you know, whatever you're, whatever you haven't tried yet, just try it. You don't have to commit. Like you just, go and do it and then if it feels right it feels right and if it doesn't like it's okay you don't have to be stuck in that forever now it's like you I've changed my label a million one times I came out as bi I'm still bi but like then I came out as like gay but then I realized I'm not gay and so it's just it's it's an ongoing journey so you don't have to get stuck in a box
0: that's really interesting and I wanted to thank you for coming here and talking to me and open up all about your life your journey your professional career thank you for having me yeah of course and that's a wrap everyone thank you for joining us and i'll see you guys next week